0: Hello, hello, this is your host Jeff Antonio with the Jeff Antonio Show. Today, I have a very special guest. Please welcome Hampus and Martin from the band. Amnesty, how you doing, fellas? Hey we're great. Awesome, it's an honor and a privilege to have you on the show, and I want to say thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And we thank also want so to thank for you having for having us. us. Yeah. Well, listen, you know, I've no need to thank me. Um, I have a habit of having t- uh, top talent on my show, and uh, when I discovered your music. Um, particularly the song WNGD, um, I just said, you know what, this is a band that has some talent, has some real talent, has a great song, great production, and um, I smell a hit here. So, you know, the pleasure is all mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I appreciate uh, the connect. And so yeah, I wanted to talk to you about you know your music, where you guys come from musically, how do you get to where you are on a music level, and so you know take me to where it began. When did you guys start, you know, writing music or, or you know really being influenced by music? Well, the the
1: band uh, the band got together in uh, in two thousand seventeen. Um it was me and and our drummer uh Nils who started the band. And we just tried to uh, to write write a few songs together, um try to figure out a sound that that worked for us. Um and then we just tried to to um, uh, to invite more people. So Hampus joined after after maybe 6 months. Um something and, like that. Uh, yeah and yeah then um, more people joined and we just went went on from uh, from the summer of 2018 by playing our first live gig um and our sound has been uh has changed a lot since since those first rehearsals um we've we've incorporated a lot of more uh synthesizers um with our more like indie rock sound um so yeah, that's that's where it started, uh, 2017.
0: It's it's great. You you guys sound like you've been around longer than that. It sounds like you've you know it's been maybe more oh, like yeah. ten years.
2: Well, all the members in the band has a like long career in practicing music. i been I started taking music lessons when I was six years old, and I'm 25. I've studied music uh, on on like an advanced level. Uh, so as the drummer. Uh, uh, the guitar player, he is uh, he's just amazing. Martin is a very good singer, and uh, <laughs> and and uh, and the pianist. Let uh, don't even get me started on him. He's a force of nature on his own, not just in music.
0: Yeah, yeah, I could tell. You guys have been around, you know. I, I can. It's just you could just hear it, you know. And that's one of the things that music I gravitate towards is you can hear great songwriting craft. You can hear great production. And it just to me sounds like you guys are just your school music artist, you know, and um, and you really take your craft seriously. Um, so tell me about you know your your upbringing with music. When was the first time you know that you were listening to music as a kid? And um, maybe it was a particular music artist that struck you and it was like, wow, that's so amazing. Like maybe maybe I want to do this.
1: Well, for for me personally. Um... My first experience with with uh, rock and roll um, was when I I saw I saw a poster of of the band Kiss, um, and I just I I was I was hooked right away just by by looking at the pictures of these guys, um, and I I didn't know I didn't really know why I couldn't like figure out why they were so cool, uh, just the the way that the, the makeup was done and just the the attitude. Um, and I think I was about three years old or something when i got um, when i got my first kiss album um and i, I tried to I, I tried to to sing along with like these these small uh tape recorders uh that that I had as a kid uh record uh, record my own tapes when when I was singing uh kiss songs um so yeah everything started with kiss um like rock and roll and but i i didn't like I didn't got my first instrument until I was like 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at, at first I wanted to be a drummer, but my parents wouldn't let me. Um, but I, I got my first uh, first guitar uh, when I was 12, after years of, of, uh, of whining about uh, that I wanted a guitar. Um, begging. <laughs> yeah, begging. Um, so, so yeah, and I, I, I just started from there. Um, <laughs> I, I never really... Been to to like musical schools or, or any anything like that. I just picked up up a book uh, and and try to figure out some chords. So uh, yeah, that's yeah, I'm, that's I'm, my my background.
2: I'm pretty much the opposite of like the the music school thing. So I I was also influenced very young. Um, my the, one of, a very strong memory I have is um, we had this TV TV show in Sweden called Greenet. Mm-hmm. it was like this teenage girl who was in her room and it's on television and because it was on television I had to watch it because we only had three channels <laughs> uh, the, and she played a music video by the band Hammerfall if you heard it's a Swedish uh, heavy metal band and the song was called Hearts on Fire and I was into like Spider-Man and all those cartoons and they had lightning and skeletons and cool <laughs> clothes with spikes and like a hammer that he lifted up. And I was just mind blown of it. So I went down to the kitchen. I said, mom, I want the, I want the CD with the band hammer fall. And she went, Oh, great. Here we go. <laughs> no. And, uh, but, but the, we have something called the culture school on wizards, which is uh, like a culture school or a music school. Mm-hmm. And, uh, by the age of I think seven to the age of 19, I took lessons. Uh, I played in orchestras and I did uh, big band jazz. And after high school, I studied uh, I studied jazz for two years. So and, uh, now I'm studying to be a music teacher and also worked as a music teacher. So music has been a central part of all my life. And if I can't do it, I don't really see the point of being alive anymore. It's the only thing I do and the only thing I've ever done.
0: It's, it's the air we breathe. You know, it, yeah. it really is. And uh, once you get that music in you, there's really no turning back. Um, and I can totally relate to both of what you both are saying. You know, being a kid, seeing a musical band on TV, seeing the performance, and there's just a connection there. Um, and you need to say to yourself, you know, I, I, I want to do that, I want to be a part of it. And then same thing here, begging my parents to let me play, and just like you, oh, I'm, you know, mom, I want to play drums. Oh, you can't play drums. That's gonna to be too loud. Uh, we'll get yeah. you a guitar. And then begging for the guitar, you know. And then they finally give me one. And so I could totally relate to that. It's um, once you get that music bug, um, it's just there's a connection there, and it's and it's a pathway for life. And uh, yeah, and I. I to be completely honest, I'd rather lose both my
2: legs than one of my arms,
0: <laughs> or a finger. Yeah, or a finger. <laughs> it looks
2: like I no, no, not my fingers. I'm telling you, because I worked you know. in elderly care and you, and we did, we did the insulin training, and mm-hmm. they said you have to prick your finger. I said like, I'm not doing it, <laughs> not because I was so I'm I'm so like I'm almost like OCD germaphobe type, but like with cuts and bruises to my fingers because like I'm so. Like I don't want to hurt them. They're precious.
0: Oh, for sure, for sure. I'll never forget. I was working a job where I was, um, I was kind of doing this inventory, and at uh, this, it was kind of a strange setup. But I was, I was moving a very heavy engine <clears throat> with this older gentleman, and it wasn't really a part of the job. But he's like, "Can you help me move this, this engine?" And I was like, "Uh, okay, all right, I'll do it." But it was extremely heavy. It was like to a 1957 Chevy, some old classic. And I was just like, well, let me let me help out this you know, older gentleman. But when we put the engine down. It had some kind of tray. <clears throat> and when we put the engine down, the tray came up and bam, it snapped my finger. And it's, you know, my guitar hand because I'm left-handed. So, oh, no. And it was, there was blood everywhere. And I was like, oh my God, my finger, my finger. And luckily it was just, it was just, you know... It was smushed but it wasn't crushed. But it uh, I was freaking out. <laughs> was definitely... yeah, well, <laughs> well
2: luckily it's you luckily it's a you're a guitarist. You can just play switch your country music and play slide for the rest of your life. You'll need one finger for that. <laughs> <laughs> just
0: pick up the slide, just play that. Yeah. I was I was scared, man. I was and after that I was like, No more heavy lifting. No more heavy lifting. Um but getting back to you guys, so you know, so you have that connection. You start playing your instruments, and it sounds like at that point, you're, you're playing a lot. And um, are there any particular influences when you started to play your instruments that you were kind of pulling towards at that time as you developed your your talent?
1: Um. Well, I try tried to to uh, to do a bit of rock and roll. Um, except for like kiss uh, um, I was really into like ACDC, um green day really easy easy chord based songs uh, i've I've never been been a particularly good soloist um, or lead guitarist I'm I'm really comfortable as a rhythm guitarist I'm really good with with like chord progressions and rhythm stuff um, so so that that was the kind of music that I gravitated towards um, and it, it was like a couple of years ago where, where I, I discovered like synthesizers and, and stuff like that. And I, I gravitated more towards that uh, since it was, it was more interesting for me. Um, but basically all kinds of rock and roll in the beginning.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah. The... What about you? Uh, well, in the early
2: days, man, I feel old now, but in, in, in the early days, uh, I was a metalhead. <laughs> uh, every Everything heavy metal, everything like rock and roll uh, was my thing, especially in high school. Uh, God, I was a troubled teen. Uh, but uh, uh, it was my bass teacher because I was feeling, uh, I was, uh, because of three three years in high school, I only got to play like slow pop ballads and I was the pretty much the only bass guitarist. So I, I uh, only got to play long notes for four bars at a time for three years. So I was thinking like, I'm done with this. But but, but my teacher told me to, like, hey, I know this school. You don't have to go there if you don't want to, but go up and try. You'll get leave, meet some people, drink a few beers, have some fun. I said, oh,
0: fine.
2: And uh, I sat down and I practiced, and I went up there. And we started playing it when it was a jazz school. And I started doing it. Uh, like did the walking it's like good now you do a solo and at solo I was like I get a solo <laughs> no way <laughs> so and that's that's when I uh, like starting really getting into more like jazz and especially funk I can't get enough of uh, like Marcus Miller uh, Victor Woot, and uh, booty Collins there we go and, and par- Parliament like I, I, I every time I put up put it on I can't help it but I get if I'm seeing it work, I just go
0: <laughs>
2: and I just can't help it. It's and that's where I really that's where it really took off because before then it was just like really easy things I played. I played for a long time mm-hmm. uh, but it wasn't particularly uh, technical but then you lived in an environment for two years where everyone was striving to be the best that they could be and that really really uh, I really took that to heart and actually uh, invested in my in my own music for maybe the first time in my life. I don't think I was 19 or 18 then, something like that.
0: That is fantastic. Yeah, there's something about being in an environment that um, is really nurturing and also um, everybody striving to do their best and be their best on their instruments that really can push you forward and um, really get you there, you know, and that's what it sounded like to me. And and of course, I mean, if you were getting into jazz and the funk, I mean, you were really getting into it. I mean, of course, Bootsy Collins is just a beast on the bass and Parliament, Funkadelic, all that stuff is just awesome. This is some of the best music. And it's great because you can have the groove, but then you can also you know, you can really play, you can really play in, in those music genres as well. For sure.
2: Yeah. As long as you like, if you take the old school focus, as long as you mark the one, you can do whatever you want.
0: <laughs> exactly. You better hit it on the one, man. Better, better hit it on the one, or else you're <laughs> going to get a drumstick thrown at you. If you miss that one, man, it's, <laughs> it could be trouble. i never forget. Oh, yeah. I was at a Prince concert and, uh, and he was playing kiss and, um, yeah instead of playing the guitar part, part live where it's a kiss it was a trigger on the drum set and uh, the drummer was pretty good he was actually amazing you know anybody who plays with Prince prince's yeah, yeah. pretty darn good and uh one of the cues the drummer missed the guitar part where the beat stops and the so the beat stops drummer didn't hit it and i saw prince look back and I thought, oh, my God, he's going to kill him. He's going to kill him. Oh. <laughs>
1: That's
0: I'm rough. I'm for the guy. You know, when Prince was a, you know, not necessarily the most physically intimidating guy, but you could tell he did not play, and he was not appreciative that the drummer didn't yeah. hit the trigger.
2: Well, it doesn't have to be the physic- physically intimidating. He's Prince. He's got an aura. One look, you go,
0: hey. I'm telling yeah. you, man. He turned his little head. I was like, uh-oh.
2: <laughs> I-, Dude, I got it- a story like that, too. What happened to me.
0: Really? What happened?
2: Uh, I am musically handicapped, because in jazz you uh, have the beat on the two and the fourth.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: One, two, three, four. Uh, but I started off in classical music. There you always start at the one with the left foot, because I did a lot of marching marching uh, band things. Uh, and I played the big bass drum. Because, you know, you couldn't really have an amplifier on your back and walk with the bass for some reason. Uh, and I was the guy when the uh, conductor in the front did, uh, did sing a certain thing with the staff. I had to hit the drum in a certain way to make everything stop. And I was 15 years old looking at the crowd. Boom, 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 boom. And then I just hear my name. From the front, <laughs> and then it, and I missed it, and it was like like eight hundred people there watching the march, and I was like, I was gonna go, I was gonna go and die now.
0: Oh man,
2: yeah, uh, and he was like the oldest guy in the whole um, uh, orchestra. He was like seven years older than me, like towering over me. It's
0: <laughs> like I'm sorry,
2: I'm so sorry,
0: sir. I'll do better next time, I promise. I'm telling you, but we learn, but we we learn. We learn from these things when they happen and and that's the great thing about playing live is that it's you know anything can happen at any point in time and it can go amazing and it can also go really bad <laughs> really quickly tell, tell me about you guys when when you first started you know playing out in 2017 2018 how were those first performances how did they how did they go
1: um well we we got our first gig uh, at a Kind of a nice place. Uh, we 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 have been been back there. Uh, played again when we released our EP. Um, but I just I emailed this this guy, uh, and then I I sat down and had a meeting with them. And I I remembered before the meeting that the way that Oasis um, got their name out there was where that they they got one spot at at a really nice place as a as a supporting act. And then, then they just lied their whole way through. Um, when, when this A and R from a label came came up to to uh, to Noel uh, after the gig and said, "Like, do you guys have more songs like this?" It was like, "Yeah, we have a full album," and they only <laughs> had two songs. Um, I never heard
2: this part of the story before. i mean I'm, I'm, I'm with you here, Jeff. I'm sitting back and listening to this.
1: Oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, but so 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 we, we, we sat down and, and he just asked, asked us like, yeah, how, how much do you guys normally? Uh, what's your fee? Uh, how long can you play for? And we like we had five songs, maybe and I was like, yeah, we can play for 45 minutes to an hour. And uh, yeah, our, our fee is usually this depending on, on like the place and the crowd. And I was like, yeah, yeah. How, how does this sound good? And it was like, um, I think it was like five or six hundred dollars. In, but in in crowns, and I was like, "Yeah, it's fine." <laughs> I, <laughs> I I I didn't expect that we were gonna get anything. No. Um, and then then when we played our first gig after the show, he was like, "Was this your first gig?" And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." He was like, "Pretty darn cool, pretty good."
2: <laughs> hey, we got we got to come back, so we did something
1: right. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, yeah, so but funny. so yeah after that game we just went on from there uh, we had like four shows that summer uh, at pretty cool places Um and we've just been trying to book as much, much as possible ever since
2: yeah we've been playing a lot actually for only been active for two years mm. not so much this year you know because of you know, the pandemic everything's shut down yeah. uh, but before the pandemic like in the, I think in general we if you like just divided up every gig. It was pretty much once a month. And then we got a tour on that as well. Yeah. So, uh,
1: but but. It helps trying to every- stay active.
2: Yeah. And everyone in the band is on board with it. And uh, we, we, had, we had a, a guitar player uh, switch out uh, because he, he, and he said it, I don't feel like I want to do music in this way. And he was honest about it. And we said, well, it's a shame that you feel that way but now everyone's on board with like the hard work and the and uh, like the long hours uh, i drive back and forth uh to rehearsal it takes me 45 minutes single way but it's worth it because it sounds good and uh, this can actually like be something greater than like the band you have with your friends and play in your neighbor's garage because it's fun
0: absolutely I think it's it's Steve Vai that said it, said it best. He said, uh, "He said music is a labor of love, and it's not work if you love it. And um, you know that, that forty-five minute commute probably feels like nothing because it's just what you want to do." it's how you want to spend your day so 45 minutes probably feels like maybe 20 minutes you know
2: yeah and, and of course like some days like you get in the car or you get on the bus and it's like oh why am i here i gotta work you know i gotta go rehearse but as soon as you get there it's like i'm so glad i did this i needed this I so know. in the in the end it's it's always worth it uh, to to be there like meet the a whole group of wonderful people that's that has the same goal in mind and it's just
0: uh, it's really motivating absolutely so tell me about the the scene over there i mean what 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 was it like to do those gigs and what's the the music scene like and you know competing or playing with other artists what what's it like Oversaturation.
1: oh yeah basically um our town of of Gothenburg is like the the mecca of indie bands um it seems like everyone everyone uh, are playing or has has been playing in an indie band uh for some part of their their life um and of course the the range of of really good and not so good uh bands uh, that 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 that's spectra of, of of range is is pretty pretty big but
2: huge enormous
1: uh, huge, huge yeah the but there are quite a lot of scenes um most of them pretty small Uh and you you won't get you won't get any money or you will get a little bit of money for playing um and uh but but the, the scene the scene is good it's it's um for for people playing our kind of music you will always have a place to play um like it's it's not depending on the season like uh, on if it's winter you will be playing clubs if it's summer you'll be playing festivals um but but the the thing is yeah the the thing is like it's it's so hard for and that's that that goes for any kind of uh genre of music like getting getting up to the next step or getting up to the next level um being able to to be booked to a to a bigger festival or or, or getting getting uh, to play at a bigger club um, so I guess that that's the struggle I mean, that, and that's the struggle for for a, any artists um, yeah. in, in Sweden can... in particular the um, the most popular genre of music right now is is hip hop
0: <clears throat> really
1: and yeah. And uh, like I have a friend who he he released his first song, a single, in like September. Uh, Three weeks after the the release, he had over one million streams on Spotify, just because the genre is so hyped right now. Mm. Uh, So yeah, it's 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 hard to to play our kind of music, but like uh, once in a while, a band. Uh, in our genre pops up and and gets gets a ch- uh, gets a, a shot at the the big stuff. So you just have to work hard and hope you're you're next. You know.
2: Yeah, and starting out is even harder. Like in the in the beginning, if you go to uh, uh, like a club and say, "Hey, we want to play," they say, "Yeah," and uh, 50 other bands. It's gonna be like eight people to come and watch you. Like we're not gonna do it. But now, like, but after a while, now we can actually pull a crowd, like at our release gig, people couldn't get in. Because th- there was a line outside, I went, I, I went out for a wow. smoke. And I, and, I, and I looked up and was like, there's a line. There's never been a line before. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> and, right. and that's when um, you can really get some gigs, because then you can tell them, well, hey, we, we fill up your bar, you make a shit ton of money selling alcohol, you let us play
0: sure
2: before that it's like in the end it's all it's all about money it's a business that they run and if they can't make any money why should they let you play they're not a charity
0: yeah yeah it is about the business most definitely and and i've seen it you know i've seen it when you're starting out and you're kind of playing the smaller rooms how they treat you and i've seen it when you pack a you pack a club on the sunset strip and they're like wow you know we can come back again, you know, you packed the house tonight, so I've been in both predicaments and um, it can get tricky, it can get tricky, you know, I know that it's often kind of hard to find that, that balance between, you know, <clears throat> wanting to get your music out there and just trying to be yourself, but one thing that I notice about your music and that I really feel in listening to it is that you guys are yourselves, you're recording, it's you, you know what I'm saying? And What I'm trying to say is that um, you guys are not trying to be anything that you are not. It's genuine and it just feels natural. Am I am I tripping here or 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 am I? No, no, you're
1: right. um, When 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 we produced the album, my my goal was to to have it as organic as possible. Like we have, we're gonna release a few songs on the album that are really like synth heavy. It's like borderline synth wave, but we still wanted like organic drums. Uh, we, we don't use um, like synth samples or digital synths or medicine synthesizers. It's always analog. Um, and that's that's been a huge part of, of the process that we want everything analog. Even if we can't get it as like smooth and tight and like uh I I don't know how like fat and big um uh as as you could if you were doing like synth way with like samples and midi synths um that's that's our like that's one of our perks that we we do it organically it's it's our fingers that's playing Uh, it's our arms that's playing um
2: I can talk yeah and also the like the way we write music usually uh, Martin is the one who, like brings in a half finished idea, and then we kind of arrange it and then everyone like and that's what I like about this this group that no one's really afraid to say I don't know about that part, and uh, like everyone like gets to contribute in one way or another, which makes it. Uh, it makes the music personal for everyone it's not like i'm playing this person's song i'm playing my song this is this i i helped make this and uh, therefore it's i feel it, the emotion that you can portray when you do that is more genuine than if you just uh, uh, play covers or the just is a hired musician who because i i've been a, i've been a hired music, musician musician and uh, of course, it was fun. I played a really big stage, like a few thousand people in the crowd, but they weren't there for me. Right? They were there for the girl who was standing next to me.
0: Correct.
1: And it was you wanted to be the girl.
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's what this is going down to. Coming out.
0: <laughs> he wanted to be that special girl. Yes. Yes.
2: I want to be the girl in every country song. <laughs> no, but but it, you you feel... And I had a gig after that gig with my own band. Small stage, 70 people in the crowd. Mm-hmm. But I liked that small gig more because it felt like I did this. This is something I've worked for. So right. it's, uh, the hard work is paid off. And then I felt, I think that if you strive for something and if you have meaning in if you find meaning in something it's more valuable when it pays off because it feels like you did this with your own two goddamn heads mm-hmm. and nothing could stop you every everything instead like looked like hey, there's a million other bands, but you did this, you're here on the stage, not them correct so it's just uh it just gets more real i guess
0: it's a direct connection it came from you and when you get that response it's that much more versus someone else's material and um yeah i think that's what i'm hearing in the recordings i'm hearing a lot of soul in there i'm hearing a lot of just like honesty and um to me wngd i kind of felt like um the lyrics were kind of about being vulnerable There's a specific lyric it says put your walls down and i just thought that was interesting is um can you elaborate more on that?
1: Well, the, the song started off as it's it's like uh it's like a letter to your younger self. Um because when 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 I was a teenager, I I thought that I had that I had a, a good thing going, you know, that I I know everything. Um and the choices that I make. Are the right choices, um, but I never knew, and you know uh being being vulnerable to to like um, doing the wrong thing and like being heckled for it um, that that was always a worry as a teenager, and we're not gonna die is just like a letter to your younger self saying that everything is gonna work out. Do your shit, you're not gonna die from it because right. i because I am here and telling you this, yeah um and uh, take your I think that the lyric is take your fucking walls down um <laughs> and that's just like don't put up a wall uh b- just because you're afraid of uh, of putting yourself out there, you know um don't put up a wall being afraid of what anyone might think or might say, just do you. Do the things that you want to do, um, because everything is going to work itself out, eventually.
2: Yeah. And sometimes in like life, everyone's been through that. Sometimes you gotta like take a leap of faith. My leap of faith was uh, during my jazz days. I went to this jazz club. I wanted to bring all my friends with me because there was a jam night.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, but no one wanted to go because it was one of the best jazz clubs in the country with some of the best musicians in the country. So I said, hey, fuck it, I'll go by myself. <laughs> and then I stood outside the door and like, oh, why, why did I do this? Why am I here?
0: <laughs>
2: but Oh, well, I, was, I guess I just go in and listen to, to the show. And then I get to the door. It's like, I have, I have my bass guitar with me and everything. And it's like, well, organ and jam, now i just going to wash the show show. Uh, okay, that would be 50 crowns. I was like, all right. And I realized, ah, oh, I forgot my wallet at home. Uh-oh. But I know that if you're going to jam, you get in for free. And I wanted to see the shows. So I said, yeah, I'm going to jam. It's like, I'm just going to sit in the corner in the back. No one's going to notice me. Right. Only problem is I, I was the only bass guitarist there. All the other basses were double basses. So... After the show was up, hey, we're gonna get you speakers so you can be with the jam. The door guy told us you're gonna to want to jam. Like, I'm like, oh god damn it, door guy, why did you do it? And I just went up there and I, I've played jazz for three months. I'm the worst person in this room at jazz. I went up there. It went horrible. <laughs> I it, I I I worst thing in my life, I blew it every note, knees shaking. Mom's nervous sweater. Mom's spaghetti and everything. The Eminem song. (laughs) Like, worst gig of my life. And the next week I went back and did it again.
0: Uh Aha, see.
2: Yeah, because um, first I got sad. Then I got upset. Then I got angry. Not because I failed, but because I was feeling so bad about it. Like, you've done worse things than this. Come on now. No one laughed. No one laughed at you. Like you were like ten years younger than the next youngest guy. Stop being a baby and get up there and do it again. And like that was like a turning point when I kind of stopped caring what other people thought and just did what felt right and what I needed to do.
0: Yeah, I mean, and and I could totally relate to that. You know, it's it's kind of like this um, fight or flight mode, right? You know, it's like we all have that moment of truth where, you know, we can be our own worst critic, our own worst enemy. We wanna cross that bridge. We don't know, you know, we don't wanna look silly in front of our friends or in front of anybody, but there's just that moment of truth where you cross that bridge and you just say, you know what, to hell with it. You know, I I hope I don't look silly, but um, I'm gonna do it. And uh, if it doesn't go well, I'll do it again. It'll get better. I'll do it again. It'll get better. And then over time, it'll be great. And I think uh, that's an assumption that I, I think a lot of music artists and musicians, a lot of times, when you're first starting out, you hear these amazing records, these amazing bands and artists, and you just say, well, they're just amazing. You know, they, you know, they, their first song was probably amazing. The first time they went to the studio was amazing. They're just naturally gifted, just brilliant people. And, and maybe they are gifted and brilliant, but... Um, it has to be crafted and sculpted, just like you know, a sculpture. And uh, it takes time, and it, and it, and you got to build it up, just like anything else. And if you and if you just put that first step forward, that's the biggest thing, man. Getting past your yourself and just taking the first step, you'd be amazed. And uh, that's what makes the true winners in the game. And I think that's why you guys are onto something. Is because you took that first initial step. You didn't stop yourself and you said, you know what, win, lose, I don't care, we're going to do it, we're feeling it. And that's, that's when you really got the magic, you know, and, and I so much appreciate your experiences. Um, tell me, so when you're when you're, you know, writing a song and you guys are in the studio... And you, you guys are all kind of collaborating, vibing, figuring out, okay, let's take this in, let's put this out, let's add this in. Oh, I don't know about that vocal, let's put in this keyboard, turn that back up. You know how it goes. At what point do you say, okay, this is it? This is the final mix, let's have it mastered. At what point do you know the song is done?
1: Not really um, at all. no Never i don't done. think it's ever going to be done um you just have to settle for like 80 percent, i think um yeah. <laughs> i think that the 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 song on the on the upcoming album that had the least number of tracks uh was a song with 122 tracks so and that that's just like us adding, 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 adding. Uh, and like, oh can we can we put this here? No, it's too much. And like no, this it's just getting weird now. We have to cut cut this. We're doing another song now because you're just like trying to figure out too much of a song of a song and and you you, you like you, you come to this you come to this um uh this moment when you have just overdone it and you have to you have to like put a pin in it and just Either say that yeah we're done or you you have to come back to it like after a week or something. Yeah, and we, and, and I, we... I would say I would say that the song is done when when you don't when you don't hear that anything is missing or you know, it's it just it's perfect right now. I can hear I can hear stuff in our songs that we released now from the album that's like oh, yeah I would change that or I would do this instead of that but you know if it's perfect to your ears in the moment when you're sitting there just go for it
0: yeah
2: but we have a tendency of we've started calling it the the amnesty effect it like, <laughs> sounds weird just put more on it it'll work itself out but we get out of hand real easily one. Like one second, we're talking drums and Domo said, hey, what about saxophones? Yes. And trumpets. Yes. Like, what about the melodica? What's a melodica? This thing. Use it. And it just escalates from everywhere. And I I, I was going to strangle this guy when I was recording the bass because it was his birthday and I got him a melodica the whole day. (laughs) Uh, I was like, shut up already. (laughs) Why did I do this? i a bit. Yeah. But but again, just as Martin says, it's like it's never going to be completely done. It's like you, you're never you, the ones who make it are the ones who strive for perfection. But again, that's a perfection is a false concept, because nothing is ever perfect, because perfection is subjective to the entire beholder. And because of that, you can never be done
0: yeah no i I agree i mean you know there's a rumor that mick jagger is still driving himself crazy over uh satisfaction he still feels like there's something missing in that track that's like eons old and it whenever he hears it's like oh it's just missing that something you know so i think um you both are right We, we could drive ourselves crazy to get that sound or that feel or you know but it's you know Sometimes you just got to go with the flow and put it out there. And if it feels right, you go with it. Um, as far as uh, the mixing, do you, do you guys mix in house or, or do you have a, a mixer or mastering people?
1: For the, for the album, we've, um, uh, we hired uh, a friend from another band who he works uh, in a big studio in Gothenburg. So his name is Georgie. Uh, he plays in a band called Two Year Vacation. A really cool band. If you haven't, you should check them out. Yeah, shout out um, to
2: two-year vacation in Georgia.
1: Yeah. Um, so he uh, he he has he's mixed the whole album, um, and then uh, a guy called uh, Hans Olsson has has done the, the master. Uh, he works in the same studio, and Hans actually mixed and mastered our last EP. Um, so yeah, we 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 try to at least for me, I don't like mo- uh, mixing my own stuff. Or the band stuff, um, because you're you're just too close to it. You need a fresh pair of ears. Um, so even if even if we could, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend that we we mix and master our own stuff.
2: No, For because sure. again, the studio technician can say like, slow down now. <laughs> We're working with this, like, and right. I think this is fine because of this, uh, because they don't have that like. Of course they want to make a good job as as possible, but it's not their own like song. So they can look at it from a different perspective. Like in in a business sense, in the music business, this is fine. This is how it's done. The great songs that's playing over and over again through the times, they've done it like this, it sounds like that, it's fine. Calm down.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, you can't really do that with your own songs, I believe. I agree. I agree, you know. I've 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 seen artists mix their own stuff. It's it's rare. I've seen it one or two times where they where they do it and they do it well. And I'm just thinking to myself, "You're a freak." You know, like, how do you and and you know, and the guy did it well. I mean, it was just like you're in another dimension. You don't count. But um yeah, I I agree with you. You know, it's it's just like taking the music and and having an, another person to take a different take on it and have a different perspective and they're, they're not too close to it, they're a little further away. Um, and I hear it, I hear it, the, the mixes are, are great. Um, and that brings me to the song, Lolita and I, is another one that really stood out to me and I really liked and tell me, you know, when, when you guys are in your songwriting phase, how do you tune in Get into that creative mode and tune out the rest of the world and just get in that mode where you're just able to write and flow. Beer, um,
1: you <laughs> know, like, it,
0: <Beer. laughs> yeah, what kind though?
2: <laughs> Every kind, <laughs> no, but no, uh, go ahead, Martin. <laughs> uh,
1: usually it starts out, um, I like I'm sitting in, in my home studio, um and just trying to put something together. Uh, usually, I start with something completely different than what's what's be being the final result. Since I don't really know what I want to do until I'm doing it, uh, I'm trying out a, a bunch of different stuff. I think that when I started writing Lolita, it was more of a synth pop song, and then when I when I I started out on the drums, then I was like. Holy shit! This is what it's gonna sound like, and then I just deleted deleted everything, just started all over again. Um, so so basically, I I usually start off with like an intro, a verse, and a chorus, and then I send send it to the guys, and and they they uh, like tell tell me what they think, and then we go into the rehearsal space and just try it out, and usually the rest of the song comes from the rehearsal space and then I go home and put everything together in a demo and we work from there.
2: Yeah, and Um, and a lot of times uh, like in the beginning we're all agreeing like yeah this is great and then we spend 30 minutes playing it and then we just like I don't know about that chord that's how it starts out that chord and 40 minutes later we rearranged everything. Right. So then it's different again. And I think that you can compare music to your children like that. You can't really control what it's going to be. You just have to go with the flow and let it evolve in its own pace and take take what come, takes to what comes... Man, English is not my first language. Uh, take what comes to you naturally Yeah, and work with that because you can't force it.
0: So it sounds to me that it's, it's kind of like about being open, right? It's kind of about being a channel for the music to come through you. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it would
2: would be something like that. Because a lot, like, I think it's, I don't remember which song, but uh, some songs have just started off with someone just playing something and someone going, hey, play that again that's a thing.
1: Yeah.
2: Do it again. And then that thing evolves to like a whole song. And it's just, uh, uh, again, it's you have to to do it the natural
0: way. You know, you know, when you find it, when you find it, you know, you found you don't know how you're going to get there. You just know you're trying to get somewhere. And when you're there, you found it. That's, you know, that's kind of the natural way to do it. So yeah, that I, I really like that song. Um, and one lyric that kind of stood out to me is "Let me know if it's over." So, is this uh, a bit of a heartbreak song? Tell me about it.
1: The lyrics uh, are based. It's it's like a story of of a um, a person who who has been seeing someone for a while, and then the person has been ghosted, uh, and the person knows that. Uh, that the other person has moved away, but she hasn't told him, uh, like where they are, what where it is, where, what their standpoint is. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's just a song about like not knowing where where you stand with each other, uh, and you just want to know, Lolita, I just want to know.
0: Wow, yeah, that's relatable. That's relatable. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've all been posted at one point. Or
1: sad, I don't whoop know. Whoop <laughs>
0: Like, where did you go? Oh, maybe they left on purpose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But
2: I I also get the feeling that from from that song, the lyrics, that the moment uh, the girl would come back and say that she wants to be in a relationship again, I get the feeling that the guy who's telling a story would probably get back together with her. That's the feeling I get. I just want to know. That means it's up to you. Uh, she says no, then maybe later she says, yes. And like, all right, let's go. Uh, that's kind of a feeling I'm getting from it. Uh, like if, it I just, if I just listen to it because of the happy
1: uptone. tone, could be the part two. upbeat feeling. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's <laughs> L- Lolita and I part two, yeah.
0: Baby,
2: I'm back. Let's call it that.
0: <laughs> Lolita. Lolita came back to me. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. So tell me, guys, how are you handling the, uh, the COVID situation with, um, you know, I mean, listen, you know, we, we've all had a, a heck of a year. I mean, h- how has it been for you guys? Uh, you know, if your normal process of recording and, and doing shows and everything that you're doing with the band, how has it affected you? And, and what are you doing uh, to get through it? Well, well I, I, had, I had big plans for,
1: for the band uh, starting off in, in 2020. Um, yeah. We knew that we wanted to start and, and record an album, uh, so, so that was was what we we spent the first half of the year doing, uh, and we just hoped that no no one thought that that COVID would be this huge thing that would would uh, like shut down every opportunity to play live. Um, so we 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 hoped until like the last day that that the summer wouldn't be ruined. Um, but yeah, it, it was, and when Everything we was canceled. Yeah, when we were fi- finished on the album we were like, yeah, so what now? Uh and we just started planning how to release the album, how to release songs. Um so the the like the second half of the year has been kind of like a switch between hibernation and just releasing singles and planning for next year. Yeah. Um so like it's it's been over it's been over a year since we played live. We played our last gig in in Malmö, uh, in the south south part of Sweden, uh, the 29th of November last year. So me personally, I'm just dying to get out there. Um, Yeah. Just want to play live.
2: And it's really hard like for the industry in general because they stayed alive by making enough to still be open. Because the live music scene in, in Sweden has been on its knees for the last few years, and COVID just pretty much pushed it on the ground and started kicking it. A lot of really legendary scenes have been shutting down all over the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martin, uh, Pustervik, is it uh, still mm-hmm. open, or are they...?
1: Well, uh, P- Pustervik is is the, the biggest place in Gothenburg for for indie bands. Um, the next step after Pustervik is, is, like, arenas. Um, and Pocivik is still open, but yeah, they they're on their knees. Um, one, one of the big the bigger places uh in, in Norrköping uh just shut down. That is yeah. it was like the, the highlights of that part of Sweden's uh culture cultural like Mecca. Um, so yeah, places are shutting down and just like they 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 can't get through it. Um, oh, which is which is really sad. Um, so I, I have high hopes for the for the vaccine. Um, so that twenty twenty one can can be better.
2: Yeah, I practice all the songs like a million times. Now I know the songs. I want to be able to play them live. So All I do is <laughs> practice the songs. Come on now. Don't you hold me to that. that. Don't hold me to that, Martin. Next time we rehearse together. Uh,
1: yeah. Don't, don't H- Hampus ha- <laughs> has a thing where he always forgets crucial parts of every song and he never remembers the lyrics. So hearing that from him, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold you to that.
2: Right. No, but my problem is I have a hard time remembering names. G-off. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I have a hard time remembering names, especially on songs. And some of the songs I've ever like a pretty big part in,
0: yeah.
2: like in creating them. <laughs> like, let's play this. I'm like, how does it go again? <laughs> Here the first thing i was like ah that's the song then it goes go <laughs> in the head <laughs> i can't remember their names no matter how hard i try
0: i'm, I'm with you brother i i'm yeah. terrible with names I, you, you're probably very visual like me i'm extremely visual and even streets and what have you finding my way around town i know how to get places i could not tell you the names i just i know you take a left take a right go off the street yeah. turn around uh, it's, it's all in the dome somewhere. Um, so so tell me what's what's coming up for Amnesty for 2021? What's in the plans and where, where can we hear you guys?
1: Well the, the plans right now is uh, continuing uh, releasing singles from the album. Uh, we're going to release the next single early uh, next year so everyone that's interested should keep an eye out and Follow us on Spotify and social media, um, and hopefully we'll book a couple of gigs. Hopefully we'll book a couple of gigs abroad. Um, we we've been working pretty hard to to branch out uh, outside of Sweden. Um, so it would be so awesome to to be able to, to to leave the country and play play some other places.
2: Yeah, and you can listen to our music. And you can listen to her music at Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music.
0: <laughs> I like the commercial plug. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> when are you guys coming to the States? I, I think that you would do very, very well with yeah. the indie rock scene. Generally speaking, I, I think you would do very well in Los Angeles as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well yeah, I, we, I have we, been we reaching
1: try. out to uh, I've been reaching out to to a lot of like labels and agencies but this year has put a plug in everything so no one we, we we haven't got any response uh and it's uh of course it sucks for us but i guess it sucks for them as well yeah. um yeah. and playing the states would be would be awesome uh but of course it's also a matter of of of, uh, of uh, like economics um just yeah, a, a plane ticket for one person cost like Six thousand crowns, which is which is a little bit over six hundred dollars, and with like instruments and everything, yeah, with instruments and everything. So it would be so awesome to to like book book a tour in the states and be able to to be away for a couple of weeks, uh, because then the economics would probably be 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 less severe. Uh, Or have a a less severe impact on our personal uh, finances since everything is coming out of our own pockets. Uh, But it would be, yeah, that would be so awesome. And we have, we've actually had a lot of listeners in the States uh, and a lot of followers on social media. uh, Mexico
2: has also got some good response from there.
1: Yeah, Mexico (laughs) and Brazil.
0: Yeah, for sure. North America, I think you guys. Will do very, very well. So keep plugging away on that. And yeah. to everybody listening, once again, this is Amnesty. And uh, these guys are great. I highly recommend you check out all of their songs, but my particular favorites are WNGD and Lolita and I. These guys are craftsmen, um, they're great music artists, and I believe um, good things are going to be happening for these guys. And uh, hope you're inspired by their story. And the main thing for everybody listening, make sure you keep up the hustle. Thank you so much. Until next time. Thank you.